Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. I absolutely loved the conversation that I had with Chelsea today on the podcast, and I think you will find some valuable information and takeaways about how she juggles being a mom of three, traveling the distance she travels to the operation, and a little bit about the business structure and how they've set up their operation. Welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with us who I have really enjoyed following on social media and seeing how she incorporates her children into the farm and ranch life. And I think that is something that is a hot topic, right, about how we do it all and how we play both roles. And so I'm excited to dive into that. Thank you so much for being here, Chelsea. I appreciate you asking to be on. Why don't you start and just give a little bit about your background and kind of your guys' involvement in agriculture? I am a sixth-generation farmer and rancher, and I currently work alongside my brother, my parents, and my grandma still also on the farm, along with a few employees, and my three kids. After college, I went to work at a John Deere dealer group, and I did that for four years before having the opportunity to come back to the farm full-time. Before that, I was running cows and had grew my herd while also having my job in town. And then when my grandparents retired, I was able to pick up some of their land and go farming and ranching full-time. That was in the spring of 2018. And then in January of 19, I had my first kid. So we had one year of farming without kids full-time before we started to add little ones back into the mix. So you farm, there's four generations on your farm. There are, yes, every day. So let's start there because I know that I ranch part-time, but ranch with my dad and my brother and my grandma is still involved, not every day, but on some of the bigger decisions. And so I can only imagine that you feel some of the same experiences that I have. Talk a little bit about kind of the family dynamics, how you guys split up roles and how you work as a family, but also it's a business. So what does that look like for your guys' family? Great question. This is something I love to hear from others because we're all essentially doing the same thing in a different way. I've never met a family that does it the same. So this is really cool. For us, we knew that we had plenty of chiefs in the village. There were many people. And from the beginning, we decided that we were going to work together, but run it as separate businesses. So I have my land that I rent and I own, and I have my cows that I own. All of our tag colors for the cows are different. So I have purple, my brother has white, my parents have a few colors, our kids all have their own color. We own everything separate. And that has really helped us. We haven't had to make big decisions or have arguments about smaller things. We have been able to avoid some of that. Same with our fields. I can make decisions on what varieties I'd like to use, what my fertilizer program looks like if I want to run my risk tolerance differently than others, which I think is where it really boils down to for us. What's our risk tolerance? 
then we can do that separately. All while knowing that it has to fit the farm as a whole. So it doesn't work well for me to go bring in Hereford bulls, for instance, if we're running black commercial cattle. We all think about each other while we're making decisions, but we have the liberty to have flexibility and freedom without having to get everyone else on board. So tell me, how do you think that got started in your family? Was that an idea that they saw or is that passed down from like your great grandparents, that process? Also a good question. I'm not really sure. We are the first generation that I know of that is full-time siblings working on the farm at the same time. In the past, I believe there were other siblings, but I'm not sure that they were full-time on the farm. So it had always only been one successor, and I think that made it less messy. When we come back, this was an easy way for us to get the foot in the door, see how far we were going. And previously, the successor knew that they were going to be the sole owner moving forward. So it just sort of worked out that you bought more equipment and you invested in infrastructure as you grew and as you were able, and it always worked out. Yeah, that's such a great model because you, I'm sh- I mean, there's still succession planning, right? I'm sure you and your husband are talking about that now with your kids and thinking about that, but it does take some of the risk off the table long-term, but it adds a little bit more immediate risk. So yes, it seems in a way it could be higher risk now because we're not all in everything in percentage-wise. We don't own equipment together. We don't own land together. But at the same time, it has taken topics of conversation completely off the table that we haven't even had to get through. For example, if our combine needs a tune, we don't have to agree on what parts we're going to put in it. That's something that Kyle and I own together. So we agree with each other and not the whole group. And same with infrastructure on the farm for cattle pens. It's all separate. So we get to make those decisions for ourselves, keeping in mind everyone else in the operation and how it will benefit all of us together. Do you have still meetings, company meetings, family meetings, where you sit down and each one of you voice kind of your game plans and to see if there's any collaboration efforts or anything like that? We're very informal. I would say that we don't sit down and have meetings. There's nothing that's put on the calendar, nothing that we prepare for. We're always talking about what's coming next. At lunch, when we catch somebody doing chores, as an idea comes to us in our group chat, the conversation is always ongoing. I feel like as a family, we don't have a boundary where we talk about anything else. We're always talking about the farm and the business that we have together. Yeah, us too. It is a little challenging. My dad is attempting to put in some of those boundaries where we don't talk about things so much on Thanksgiving or Christmas, especially with now a niece and nephew in the picture. We want them to picture us as, you know, aunt and papa, not always as like business side. And so we are working on boundaries, but it is really hard. I mean, it all kind of washes together and flows together all as one. I think so too. And it's fun to talk about where we want to go. It's fun to talk about ideas that we have. And there isn't another person that we could bring those to other than our family that we're doing this business with. So as they come, we get excited to share with each other. It's something that we do. It's, I would call it, it's a hobby. It's a lifestyle. It's who we are. 
Absolutely. And I think what makes it really unique for you, and you can talk a little bit on this, is you're on a family operation, but you're also not because it's you and your husband. And while you have resources that that make a family operation, and on the land, you are generational, you are out there and the actual labor portion is really dependent on you and your husband and employees. So talk a little bit about how that works being a mother to three young kids and how you kind of juggle that all. Because in typical multi-generation operations, right, it seems as if it might be a little bit easier to step away during those periods of time where you have a brand new baby. But when we look at it, how you're structured, it is just you and your husband. I mean, granted, you have some great support, but it, it looks a little different. And so how do you manage that? How does that look? And how are you doing it with the kids around? So before we get into how we're doing it, I'll lay out for you what our daily crew looks like. Kyle and I currently live 40 miles from the farm. So every day I load the three kids up and I take them to the farm with me. And there I have my parents, my brother, my grandma, and a couple employees. Kyle regularly stays home to run his fencing supply company or he's on the road moving material. So he is there on really big days or occasionally he's home and he'll sometimes take the kids or he'll come to the farm and he'll help the kids. But for the most part, I'm a solo mom with my family during the day. So when we get to the farm, I have been so blessed by the village. We play musical kids and it was a lot easier when there was only one kid. So our adult to kid ratio was higher. And now with three kids, the ratio is shifted. But everybody picks one up and the kids go where it is the safest, the warmest, the most entertaining, whatever job that is. We share them between us to try to keep them learning and engaged and most of all safe because this is something that is a dangerous occupation, something many of us have anxiety over if we're doing the right thing and if it's worth the risk. But that's how it is. The hard part for me is then when we come home, Kyle and I do not have a support spouse that is at home doing our laundry, having supper ready for us, or putting our kids to bed when it's been a late day. That falls on me, which then falls on my family. So I have tried really hard to not keep my kids out super late. They don't have 10 p.m. nights often because my family lets me leave early to get my kids to bed because they have to come back the next day. So all that burden has been passed to them that they pick up the slack that I can drive my kids home, feed them usually from a gas station so they can eat on the way and we make use of our 40 minute drive time and then we get up and do it again. I didn't realize you drove 40 miles one way. Jeez. Uh, Do you think that ever will change or do you guys feel at home where you're at Or will you get closer? We are so close. Kyle got the black dirt scraped off the field last fall as it was freezing. It was blizzarding as he was finishing. So we are in the process of putting up a shop with a lean to live in, which is only eight miles from the farm. And that was as far north as Kyle would move and are as close to a middle as we could find. So we're very excited to not be as far away. Yeah, that will change your whole life. I mean, that extra hour that you are spending driving and with kids it's probably two hours right we know car seats in and out and a day so an hour hour and a half a day that you're spending driving is going to make 
a huge difference in what life looks like for you. Definitely. It's all the little things that you don't think about. Like you mentioned, you have to buckle those kids in the car and you have to unbuckle them. And then everything that I have to pack along because we can't come in the house and grab it, we have to have it with us. They get wet and they need new clothes. They need new shirts or we're going to do an activity somewhere that they need to have something else and snacks and things to do. Yes, it's a lot. We're very excited to cut down on that wasted time. Are you the type of person that likes to write everything down? We've created the Calvin New Planner for ranch wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking for the perfect place to capture all of their thoughts throughout the year. Our planner is packed full of tools to help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Don't worry about the year already starting. We've included blank calendar pages so you can start when you're ready. Grab yours today at cattlemanulive.com backslash planner. So one thing I've really noticed is you guys have quite a diversified income opportunity or operation. And we don't have to get into super specifics number wise, but can you talk a little bit about one, why you guys have made the decision to have so many income streams and what some of those income streams look like for your family? Yes. So this is where it's a little bit tricky for me to talk about because I try to be respectful of my family and only share my story. But as we're interwoven together, this is more complicated than it should be. But at the farm, I have cows and I farm, as does my brother. My parents have diversified and they are the ones that own the feedlot and own the Prina feed dealer at the farm. So upon weaning time, or sometimes after backgrounding. I don't background often, but I never finish and neither does my brother. We sell our calves to my parents and then they have the feedlot. So we all work together, but that is their division of the operation. And then at home, Kyle has this fencing supply company that he started a few years ago and he really enjoys it. That is where his heart lies. So that's something that he does. I rarely help him because everything else that's going on at the farm, it it doesn't mesh well together. We thought maybe our downtimes would coincide with a crazy time, but it never does. The crazy times are always at the crazy times for the other person. So that is what we've got going on. And for the most part, we've been able to mesh it together and make it work. And do you have a truck that you own that you haul stuff or just for the farm? Yes. So Kyle has a fleet of semis. I it's hard to keep track. He has them in and out of here like you wouldn't believe. I think he has three matching ones as of today. Tomorrow it could change or maybe even by this afternoon. But three right now and he hauls pipe with those to and from, delivers it, and gets it from the oil field. Okay. So you, just you and your husband have multiple streams of income, but then as a family operation to you, part of your hedging, right? We talk about hedging cattle when we talk about feeding cattle, but part of your just agriculture hedging has been one, to create a birth to finishing operation, but multiple different owners, but all on the same property. And also just make sure that you're not all relying on one stream of income. Exactly. Yes. My parents started farming in the 80s. So I was raised with many reminders of how hard life was and how unpredictable agriculture could be, how cyclical it was, and how often when cattle were good, it carried the farming. And when farming was good, it carried the cattle. So we were diversifying in order to hedge our risk. 
Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about how you juggle all of the roles as a woman that you have on the operation. Not only are you the owner operator of your, you and your husband's, you know, one of the owners and operators of your operation, but you also play more roles such as mom and, you know, duties in the house. Do you have any things that you found, any ways that you, obviously you can't do it all and it's not, you know, perfect. There's no such thing as balance, but have you really found any things that kind of help you feel like what you're doing is working and you guys are in a good system and a good rhythm? Yes. So when Kate Kate was born in January, he's our first kid. And when we went into calving that first year, I was absolutely drowning. So the first thing that I offloaded was having our house cleaned. And I know that that is not an option wherever where everyone lives because there aren't house cleaners, there aren't people that, it's just not an option. But from the bottom of my heart, that has been the catapult that really helped us move our family forward, taking that off our plate, coming home to a clean house. When we get to be home, it didn't feel right to spend my time cleaning our house and worried about keeping it clean when I could be playing with my kids. Our kids get drug along, doing chores. They're in the tractor. They don't get as much playtime as sometimes I wonder if kids need. And then now that we're home, we get to go do what they want to do on their time instead of worrying about keeping up our house. So that was super helpful. The second thing is Kyle and I have found the rhythm that we let each other do their own thing. So I really have very limited knowledge of what Kyle's doing in his business. He does his own books. He sets his own prices. He sets up everything. That is something that he runs on his own because I do not have the mental capacity to take on something else. And he does a good job. That's something that he can do. I focus on the farm and the cattle, and that's something that he lets me do. That's not something that we talk over very often because we trust each other, and that would be wasted time. So that's a rhythm that we found in a balance that has seemed to work really well. Divide and conquer. One really interesting thing you talked about is mental space. And I think that this is not talked about enough because to me, that is one of the biggest energy sucks. And I know that right now, if my mother's listening to this podcast, she's cringing. She hates that word. But is the mental load and the mental capacity And I feel like I'm high functioning. I think everyone would say you're obviously very high functioning to be able to manage this all. But sometimes it's the mental load, such as what are we eating for dinner tonight? It's those thought processes that I just get to where I can't handle. And I think understanding how much weight those little decisions and those little conversations play on us is a huge thing. Do you remember when you first started to realize how much energy even just those conversations were having on you? I don't think there was a moment. It was a slow, gradual lead into it. The amount of thinking that went into being a mom. And I don't know that you can really explain it to anyone until you go through it, until you see that your kid always has to have clothes for the next season and they need to fit. You need to understand when your child's ready to eat. Are you feeding them enough to diversify their palate? Are they having enough learning opportunities? The mothering mental load has been, I don't want to say excruciating because it's also exciting, 
but it is big. Like you said, I, before I had kids, thought that I was highly functioning. I did not ever think that I would meet the point where I had to say no, that I couldn't continue to always say yes and find a way. But I have hit the wall of not being able to say yes anymore. It's just too much because it's wild what goes through my mind on a daily basis. A while ago, quite a while ago, I read about Steve Jobs wearing the same outfit every day because that was one decision that he didn't want on his plate anymore. And that has stuck with me. What power that is to take one decision at a time off your plate. Yeah, I think to me, I don't have kids yet. And I 100% worry about that because I already feel like I'm capped mentally on a lot of things. And it is you know, it's the same thing about, I saw a TikTok and a lady said, my husband will call and say, do you need anything from Walmart? And she's like, what he doesn't understand is that question means, can you envision all of our cupboards? Can you look inside our fridge and our freezer? Can you think about the next five meals and what we have and what ingredients? And she's like, I don't even have the energy at the current moment to put into that thought to give him a list when he's trying to be helpful He doesn't understand the weight of that question that he just asked and the timing. And I never thought of it that way. And it has really opened my eyes to being able to say to my spouse, and we are not on a working ranch. We live in town, right? I mean, we're part of a ranching operation, but saying, you have to decide half the dinners this week. Like, I'm fine cooking. I'm fine making the grocery list. But deciding all seven nights of meals I can't do that anymore. And starting to pass that mental load and to be more intentional about what I take on mentally. And I I hope this is a conversation that more people are having because I do think it really affects, one, how we run our business, how creative we are, and I'm sure with you, how present you are with your children. Definitely. And as you were saying that, something else that popped to mind is we have some of our essentials on a subscribe rotation. So that is a decision we've just completely wiped off. We don't have to keep track of how much tomato sauce we have left or how many rolls of toilet paper. It just comes. And sometimes we end up with too much, but it's a decision that somebody didn't have to make and something that someone didn't have to monitor. And back to your quick point in the beginning about not having children yet, I want to make sure that people hear this, that you think that you're tapped out, but part of the magic of motherhood and parenthood is how you grow and you really realize how strong you can be after you have kids. It's absolute magic. Yeah. And I think that how you are raising your kids and being involved in agriculture, one thing I feel like a lot of women feel as if kids are the reason they can't be involved And when I see you sharing on social media, I actually see you using your kids as the reason you are involved. And I don't know if you do that intentionally, but you talk a lot about legacy and I mean, obviously being sixth generation, right? There's no reason you're going to put a stop to that now if you can help it. But you have almost kind of flipped the switch, at least from my eyes in viewing your stories about how you want to show the kids and you want them to be involved in the time they get to spend with their grandparents and their aunts and uncles and all of that is time that there's a lot of kids in the United States and in the world who, you know, have never met their uncles or their grandparents. And I think sometimes we're like, oh yeah, our parents watch them. 
because we're working or whatever. And we don't realize how much of a blessing that is going to be in building the children in this lifestyle. And I think you do a good job of not allowing, of like balancing, right? Not allowing the kids to be the reason you can't do it, but instead be the reason you do do it. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, it would be easier to stay home. It's work to get out and do it. And there are days, it it hasn't come up to me until recently. And then after you said that, that I take them because I want them to see it. It'd be so much easier to stay home and we could do something else in a controlled environment. But once they miss it, there aren't other opportunities. I want them to be in on it. And it was also recently that I realized what a blessing it is that I get this time with my parents. How many people as adults have spent this much time with their parents and and my grandparents. I had many incredible conversations with my grandpa, time with him that you just can't add that up in Christmases and Thanksgivings and Easter's, the things that we talked about, the things we saw together. It does not pass on me how special it is to have a generational operation. Yeah, I'll never forget the one time when my brother first had my nephew, Jason. I heard him say to someone on the phone, and it stuck with me ever since. He said, my sister is the best thing in my son's life. And it really made me realize the impact that I thought when I was coming over to babysit that they were seen and that my nephew would eventually grow up and see. And I think it's really easy in a family operation to, I don't want to say take it for, for advance, you know, take it for advantage, but it's like, we don't, we don't realize that there's just that connection and having multiple people help raise your kids. And all of that, I think is what makes agriculture and the lifestyle that we choose to live unique. And the reason why everyone says hire an ag kid is because they get experiences like that. Exactly. And you obviously share similar values and morals to your brother. And that's another touch that your nephew gets to have where in other places of the world, kids go to daycare or something and their values and morals might not be as closely tied to the families. Absolutely. You have been sharing on social media for how long? Roughly, I think 2020, maybe 2021, really 21. Okay. And was that like an intentional decision? Did you kind of wake up one day and say, I'm just going to start sharing or how did that kind of get started? I should really go back and look at what it was, but something came out and elicited a response from us. I made a quick video that said, we are the people that grow your food. And I had always loved taking pictures of the farm because it's special. And I feel like people that are removed from agriculture don't see how special it is. So that was my way to share. And then with this response, it got great response on social media. So from there, it slowly started. I had a farm page to share pictures from the farm because I enjoyed taking them. And then I was ready to share more. So I went to a social media retreat and I've been booking along ever since trying to get the word of agriculture out to people that may never have a chance to see it for themselves. Do you want to start taking control of your cattle operation and start treating it like a business? Our team has just the tool for you. 
We created the Cattle Menu Profit Finder focused on understanding your operation as a business and giving you the confidence when it comes to the financial side of things. This six-part series will give you access to speakers like Shaley Stewart and more. You can get access today at calvinulive.com backslash profit finder. How was the conversation about in like introducing social media to your family? How did that go? <laughs> I've never told them. I just I just started along and tried to be respectful of their stories and their space and understanding who they are. But we, I never had a conversation, which is a theme here because I also never asked them if I could bring my kids to the farm and keep them there all day. We never talked about it. I just did. So we should probably have some meetings. Um, when I first started sharing, I told my dad about it. And then he really took like, he loved it. He'd be like, can you put this or can you ask your, your followers about a pitchfork? What's their favorite brand or something like that. But the funniest thing is someone came up to him at the sale and said, because your daughter is all on social media, do you know what social media apps we should have? And my dad's like, I have no idea. Let me ask her. So I like, you know, gave him a list of all the ones that we had. And then when we were in Houston for his checkups, he made me download TikTok and Snapchat, the two and Instagram, the ones he didn't have on his phone. And so I kind of thought those were like my safe spaces. Not that I do a ton on Snapchat, but I was like, you know, it's just a little more nerve wracking. And nope, he watches every TikTok now. I can see him viewing my profile every once in a while. And then he'll call and he'll say, <laughs> actually, it, it was this day, not this day in your TikTok. But he has really learned the value of social media. And it has been fun for them to experience. I will say things where he'll look at me and say, that was in a foreign language. Can we try that again? Oh, I love how supportive he is. That's amazing. So I'm excited for when you have that conversation and when you're like, here's what I'm doing and here's the goals and all of that. I think you will find that they will be as excited and as equally supportive. I hope so. They are all watching and sometimes I see that they're watching. I now kick over everything from Instagram to Facebook. So my dad does not have Instagram, but I think he catches glimpses on Facebook because he'll say something every once in a while where I'm like, okay, I feel like you caught something. And like you said, Instagram was my safe space. I mean, I could say some things and I knew he wasn't going to find out, but now I got to watch myself. Not anymore. Yeah. Talk a little bit about kind of what the future looks like and where you guys, I mean, it's interesting in business, we seem to think that bigger is better. And in agriculture, I'm not sure that that is the right move for a lot of families. And so I don't know if that's your move or not, but talk a little bit what you're comfortable with, where you guys kind of see you yourself going as these, as your kids get more involved and get a little bit older. I know you still have a pretty young little baby. So what does growth look like for you guys in terms of your operation? So the farm to me is so special. It's almost like a member of our family. It's something that I will do anything I can to preserve and protect and never piece apart. So a goal that Kyle and I have is to not need the farm for our kids because we do not want our kids to share with their cousins. That's just something that I, I can't imagine splitting it apart. And then what happens when it's second cousins and second cousins? So 
that is one of our goals is to have enough that our kids could have something. And again, I never want to encourage my children to farm or ranch more than I encourage them to do anything else. I want them to choose this because they love it. You have to love it to be here and never have it be pushed on you or thought of as your only option. And I also am into economies of scale. So like you said, growth isn't always great. Where will we be our most efficient? Where can we find our highest margins? What is the sweet spot for us? Absolutely. Let me clarify on the very first thing you said. What you're trying to avoid is making your children, like making the farm your retirement. Is that what you were saying? 100%. Yes. That's what I figured. That is a mission of mine too, because I feel as if it gets so much pressure. And I don't think that my parents had a choice and I'm not degrading them at all, but I want the opportunity that if they want to take it and do something, you know, completely different or build a feedlot or whatever it looks like, that they don't have to think about putting food on my table when they are in their hardworking years. Absolutely, yes. And that they wouldn't ever have to share it with so many people that there wasn't room for everyone that wanted to be there. I don't want to split it apart so that some people have to be pushed out or everyone has to have a second job in order to do something at the farm. And that was an opportunity that our parents made sure that we had. They said from the very beginning, there's three of us. And for a short time, all three of us were home, but they said there is room for all of you. And they made sure that that was something we all had the option to do. And their vision was that we would each take an entity and run with it separately which things have shifted and that's all fine. But I really appreciated the opportunity that they didn't pick one of us and they didn't make us choose between ourselves or push someone out. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the thing is like 401ks and Roth IRAs was not a conversation that my parents had growing up. It was sort of like we're self-employed and our assets are in this land and in these cattle. And that is a conversation that I hope our generation changes is getting some investments, whether that's rental houses, whether that's businesses, whether that's retirements, so that the transition is easier because I am sure there is some fear when your whole net worth is tied up in something that you are gifting to someone else. Absolutely. And depending on where the market is at the time, I mean, like we talked about, it's cyclical. So we want to make sure that we're diversified enough that we don't have to keep working longer than we're able and we can make decisions not based on fear or based on have to, but because we want to. Absolutely. This has been a great conversation. I think you're doing incredible work. I hope when I have three kids, I have as much go as you have and you're able to show them so many things. Tell our followers where they can follow you on social media. You said Instagram, but what is your Instagram handle? Oh, that's Chelsea on Instagram. And if you have any other questions, you can visit ohthatschelsea.com. We'd love to see you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for today. And just know we really appreciate watching and all that you do for the industry. And I think the way you approach it um, is very business-minded, which is something that I greatly appreciate as well. Thank you for having me. This is a great talk. Absolutely.
Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water.